What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of the New Evangelicals Podcast. It's so good to be with you. Um, If this is your first time listening to the show, thank you. Thank you for listening. We are a podcast that is part of a larger community called the New Evangelicals. And um, this episode you're going to listen to is between me and Noah, our podcast producer. And frankly, I think it's one of the most important conversations that we've ever had on the podcast between Noah and I. So I'm not going to tell you what we talk about. I'm not, I'm not even going to preview it. I just want your thoughts. I would love your your thoughts after you listen. I would love to hear what you think. If you think that we're on the money, if you think that we're missing something, please send it our way. You can email us, the new evangelicals at gmail.com, or you can DM me on New Evangelicals on Instagram. But yeah, this was a very um, introspective, self-reflecting episode. And I'm really happy to share it with you. I really am. Thank you, as always, friends, for for being a supporter of the podcast. If you like the show, you can donate to make this happen. We are a nonprofit organization. We don't charge for anything. We don't do anything behind paywalls. We just trust the generosity of the community. And if you like the show and you want to share it with someone else, please do. You can also give us a rating uh, on podcasts, on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. That would help us so much. So if you feel inclined, please do that. All right, friends, without further ado, here's the conversation with Noah. Talk to you all later. Here we go. Here we go. Hello, Noah. How's it going, Tim? Oh, it's great. It's great. Good to see you. <laughs> you um, I'm looking at you on my larger display because I have two displays for the work. So if I'm looking away from you, Noah, I'm not trying to be rude. <laughs> I'm just, I'm changing up a little bit. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> you know what? I'll move you over. There we go. Front and center. Um, okay. So I- I've called this, this recording uh, together and I have not told you what we're going to talk about, right? I am... On the edge of my seat right well, now. I feel like this is one of those, um, like mad, like uh, street street ma- magicians, right? Like, okay, yeah. This audience is not in on it. I promise. Like <laughs> wink, wink. But, but for real, I texted you and said, "Hey, let's record. I want to run something by you, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. And I think that we should just talk about it on air in real time and kind of just have the discussion. All right, let's do it. So this this is going to be a very very much a introspective conversation between you and me and kind of new evangelicals as a whole. All right. Because okay. so I, I had this epiphany moment. Have, have you seen our Instagram stories this past week, Noah, at all? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've been so following them. I want to talk to you about the Ali Stuckey clip okay. and, and how it led me to an epiphany that then caused me to talk to our community about this and kind of, you know, recognize that perhaps I was drifting into some unhealthy levels of cynicism when it came to content that we were doing. All right. So again, I'm not sure the overlap of the podcast slash Instagram community. Well, I kind of know because we recently did some polling on Monday and it turns out that 80% of the people who were polled did not listen to the podcast. So I don't know how many. uh, Yeah. Right. Missing out on the good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I keep telling people like, listen, we're not making money off this podcast at this moment. So there's no, it's not like there's some financial incentive for me to tell you this, but honestly, if you want, if you want the part of, of our organization that says we want to explore the Christian tradition and think about better ways forward, the podcast is where so much of that happens. I mean, that's because it's long form. I mean, we, I couldn't do this on an Instagram live. It wouldn't make as much sense. Not as many people see it. It's a different kind of vibe. 
And, and you need to have that long form conversation. I know some people are like, I don't podcast. I get it, but I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, this is just the best avenue we have right now to get out complicated ideas and nuance and understanding about different ways of being Christian. Side note I totally side. agree. And the guests we've had on, phenomenal. Oh my gosh. Like, that I last know. one with Adam Clark and Trip Fuller, dude, just blew my mind. The amount of brilliance that I'm, was I, coming out of my speakers when I got to mix that one. I and that it. that's the thing, like friends, there's a reason why the majority of the podcasts are not me just talking or monologuing or even talking to Noah. Like the podcast is designed to bring you people at the center of the worlds that they occupy to give you stuff from the source. Like yeah. I said this, I said this recently on Instagram. I said, listen, one of the problems we have in evangelical spaces is that is that is that is that gatekeepers gave us how to view outside beliefs. Right. So like up like Alisa Childers, her audience knows deconstruction and progressive Christianity based on how Alisa has given it to her audience. Right. right. Like if you look at if you look at Alisa's podcast, and I'm not trying to blow her up directly. We've talked sure. privately. She's very cordial and very polite. But there's you're not gonna find Richard Rohr on that podcast. You're not gonna find um I don't even know who else, you know, uh, Jamar sure. Tisby on that podcast. You're gonna find Neil Shenvey. You're gonna find um, Frank Turek, the apologist, right? Yeah. And, and you're going to find Tim Barnett from Red Pen Logic. Like you're going to find people inside evangelical spaces talking about things outside being the filter, right? Yeah. And the reason why we don't do that here is because we know how you don't get real information when you do that. You don't get like the full picture. So I honestly mean this intentionally. The people I get on the podcast are, you might not recognize their name, but I promise you if they're on the podcast, they're most likely a leading expert in their field in academic circles that are speaking to things on a very high level. And that's intentional because I want you to feel educated. I want you to at least have an understanding that, you know, the people that I'm bringing onto the podcast for the community are legitimate. They're the real deal. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that was actually something that really fueled a lot of my own deconstruction is because we grew up in that culture, right? Where uh, people's beliefs were explained for them rather than allowing them, giving them the space to do that themselves. And so I went through so much of my life just assuming what, um, you know, critical race theory was or what queer theology was or all these things based on a couple out of context quotes maybe that I was given and then that were sort of mishandled to look scary and intimidating and all these things. And then yes. you go and you actually read some of these different theologies or just like a, a, a book about Eastern Orthodoxy or Catholicism. And you go, that's not what anybody told me when I was growing <laughs> up. You know, like where right, the hell, right. how did we even get here? Right. So yeah, it's so important. And and the guests we've had on lately, I've just absolutely loved being able to listen to and learn from. I've, I feel so much smarter than I did a week ago just from catching up on podcasts. So Same. it's great. I love it. I mean, I'm learning in the moment with the community. You know, so many times I'm like, I've never thought about this before. You know, I think yeah. that sometimes there can be, I mean, if people know me personally, they know that this is not true, but people who maybe don't, you can assume because, you know, I'm I'm running the, the account or doing the podcast. Like, oh, wow. Like Tim, he's, he's really like, he, the person he's bringing on, he's already, he's, he, he knows a lot about it already. No. Right. No, not the, not the case, friends. Oftentimes, I'm just as bright-eyed as you are trying to un- unpack 
what this person is saying, you know, because it's like, whoa, never considered this before. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, you know, I, I just wanted to bring that up. Like when we tell you to listen to the podcast, it's not because we're making money off of you. Like right now there's no ads, even though we're looking into that. But at this point in the conversation, like it's just for your own good, for your own knowledge, please help, you know, think more critically, more nuanced. And frankly, these topics cannot be condensed into 60 seconds. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you can give, you know, we do reels and all kinds of stuff and there, there, there's a, a, a place for that kind of content for sure. But when it comes to like process theology, you know, is yeah. hell eternal? You need a little <laughs> more time than 60 seconds. So, um, absolutely. Well, I derailed you yeah. there, so I'll, I'll let you no, get back. No, no, you're fine. Hey, we're just two buddies talking on a hot mic. You know, it's all good. <laughs> so, okay. So for those of you who don't know, here's what happened on Friday, on Friday, last Friday. Well, okay. Today we're recording this on, on September the 8th, just so you all know. Uh, and this will probably be out sometime in the following week or maybe even the week after, cause we have, we have other, other episodes to release, but we'll get this out pretty soon. So this previous Friday night, um, I did a video, um, um, addressing an Ali Stuckey clip where on her podcast, she says that she has a working theory. Actually, you know what? Why don't I just pull it up? Why, why, why don't I just sure. play the clip? I mean, I, we, we can share screens here. I'll just grab the, the reel. I'll share the audio. It's only 60 seconds and the audience can hear my tone and hear how I said it. And then that will give more context. I think that's fair. That's a good plan. Let's do yeah, that. Right. I mean, you can tell we're, again, we're so professional here as I'm doing this in the moment, rushing and trying to stall while also finding this stupid video. So, um, okay. All right. Let's see. Do, do, do. All right. So the name of the video is called Holy Moly Alley. Here it is. Like a, a theory. I'm like, I could see dinosaurs not being real. I don't know. And I don't know about the moon. I mean, I used to say, oh, yeah, for sure. But then I started thinking about it. I was like, I don't know. Holy moly. This is why we call people like Ali right-wing media propagandists, because they will tell you that, yeah, the election was probably stolen or rigged, or they'll tell you, yeah, the January 6th insurrection was probably incited by the police, and also, hey, maybe the moon landing never happened. The problem is that people like Ali employ a rhetoric of being objective truth-tellers, and their audience sees them as such, even as they cast doubt on things that our society has already objectively verified. Here's another objective fact. People like Ali are selective truth-tellers, not actual truth-tellers. There's a big difference. Boom. We had uh, Ruslan in the comments on that one. Oh, yeah. Did no, you we, that? we Yes, yes, we, we did. Um, and, and so I, I posted this, okay? And then Ali Sucky found it, and she shared it on her stories, and then her, her followers descended into the comments, you know, oh, you're so dumb, she was clearly joking, yada, yada, yada. And then I felt like I had to respond to that in the stories by trying to explain, like, listen, Ali employs a rhetoric intentionally um, that, that well, she will not say that she's joking. She didn't say she's joking. In fact, she's actually using humor to hide a very, I would argue, silly perspective and thought. Um, sure. And it became this whole thing, right? Yeah. And so I go to bed that night and like, it's not really sitting well with me. And I don't know why I'm like, eh, I don't know. Like, was this, was this the right reel to do? Was it kind of petty? And by the way, people in, in the past have kind of brought this up, right? Like in DMS, I don't have anyone specific I'm thinking of, but like there've been times where someone's like, Hey man, I think you're a little too over the top with this or that. I'm like, yeah, I hear you, but you know, it's Christian nationalism, et cetera. So I woke up that next morning and Sarah and the kids were gone for the weekend. So I had the house to myself for 24 hours. And as I started thinking about it, it I kind of had like a 
um, a scales falling from the eyes moment where I'm like, you know, well, I certainly don't think I was wrong with anything factually I said in that reel. Right. It just felt kind of petty. It kind of stirred the hornet's nest. Allie's followers were in it saying stupid stuff, and I had to respond. And I was like, is this, is this worth my time? And is this worth the community's mental bandwidth, right? Like, is yeah. this worth us watching so we can get more and more outraged? at something that clearly is dumb and stupid, but also doesn't need to be brought up from new evangelicals. Like, like is it within our scope as people who yeah. on our new website, the first thing it says is let's push the church forward together. Like, you know, like am I in scope here? And then that kind of got me thinking more and more. And I'm like, you know, I just wonder if like the past few weeks and uh, when mainly when it comes to reels, have we been like by we, I really mean me, have I been too petty and are we, and then I had this moment where I'm like, Oh my God, Am I am I seeing a small taste of 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 myself becoming the very thing that I had been critiquing? Hmm. Right? Okay. Like yeah. like where I thought to myself, "Oh my god, I accuse Ali of being a disingenuous hot take commentator. Am I now doing that to Ali by trying to draw attention to how disingenuous Ali is? Sure, yeah. Right. And again, like factually, I don't think I was wrong, but yeah. the point of the video was really just to take a cheap shot at Ali, right? And, yeah. and to say, look, Ali's kind of dumb. I mean, that's what I was saying, like, like sub on, on like a, a a subconscious level, right? Like, sure. like, like you're supposed to trust this person to give you truth, but yet she has these views. Yeah. And kinda so just discrediting her. Right. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of like, again, in my head, like, I always feel like I'm, I'm debating with myself, right? Like I have sure. this like debate committee who's like, well, there's this side, well, there's this side. How about this side? So I, this is not about like coming to maybe new hard, fast answers that I was wrong, but I think the language I would use is I don't think it was a wise video to make. Hmm. Like okay. for, 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 forget the moral framework of was it right or wrong? I don't think it was any of that. I think it was just an unwise video to make. And I think upon reflecting, I've wondered if maybe some of our reels, because they're so, some things that people say are so outlandish, right? You want to sure. just respond to it and say, can you believe this? But yeah. is that actually helping people? Like, like, I think a lot of us who engage in our content understand how dangerous, how fascist, how propagandistic, if that's even a word, you know, it right wing, right? It is now <laughs> right wing media really is. Sure. Do, do I need to, do I need to point that out every single day? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So well, anyway, I don't know. That's where I am currently. Keep going. Uh, no, I, I think that's a really, really tricky balance. And when I was reading through all those stories, I really empathized with you this week. I was like, because this is kind of where I'm at with a lot of my own relationships, with my friendships, you know, with people that are kind of also going through this thing, call it deconstruction, call it uh, renegotiating your faith, whatever you want to call it. But we're, we feel like eyes are opening and we're like, oh my God, there's all of this crazy going on around me. And it's really easy to get caught up in that and the frustration of that and to continually kind of burden yourself with that, right? Of like, oh my gosh, there's just so much. And and there is, there's, there's so much fuel for that fire of frustration happening on a daily basis if we, you know, pay enough attention to some of these, you know, media outlets. And it's tricky that the question that I'm always asking and, and you know, I'm going back and forth with my friends and we all kind of land differently with it, like how much of our energy do we choose to give to that? And then- What's the purpose of giving our energy to that? You know what I mean? Like, yes. How how much of our of my mental bandwidth daily am I spending just 
straining myself with this overwhelm and this frustration of there's someone else doing something harmful. But at the same time, I, I don't think that it's irrelevant work. I don't think it's unimportant work because again, we need to raise awareness. And that's a really big part of what TNE does for things like Christian nationalism and some of these dangerous ideologies that are seeping into popular evangelical culture. So it's a tricky balance. I, I don't have a perfect answer for that. I don't think anybody does, but I, I, I empathize with both both <laughs> facets of that question, you know, of like, how much of our energy do we give to this? And, and yeah, that reel in particular, yeah, may, maybe that's going too far in one direction. Like a hot take is a really valuable thing sometimes. Sometimes it's just, hey, this exists. We should be aware of it. And that's great, you know? And then there are other times where there are, there are other facets of, of the mission and the goals of TNA. And I think you laid that out really well in the reels when you talked about this a couple days ago of kind of asking that question of when we choose to make a piece of content, how does it align with that vision and those goals of pushing the church forward, of creating space for people? And, you know, even like the, the question I'm always asking myself is that of like, how do we, how do we do that without like just burdening people more with this stuff day to day as well? You know? Right. I mean like, okay, so our, our official on paper and on our new website when it's done mission statement is the new evangelicals are an inclusive Jesus-centered community that holds space for those marginalized by the evangelical church through building community, exploring faith, and advocating for systemic change. Okay. Sure. So, and then we, we have like three pillars. So we, we call it pillar one is, is how we hold space for each other. Pillar two is how we advocate for accountability and do advocacy work. And then pillar three is how we explore the Christian tradition together. Okay. All, all three of those pillars are massive. They can be their own yeah. organizations in a lot of ways. Sure. And, and, and TNE is very much a baby organization. I mean, the podcast is a little over a year old. We just started fundraising a year ago this month in September. Um, and, and we have a lot of work to do and think about. And I feel like that reel with that angle didn't, it didn't fit into any of that. Right. Sure. Like it was, it wasn't even like, Hey guys, this kind of language is actually pretty deep in evangelical culture more than we know. Like it's tied to QAnon, it's tied to this or that. And as 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 new evangelicals, we should be aware of this kind of stuff going forward right. and, and 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 really think about how we think about truth. Right? It wasn't yeah. that. It was hey, uh, Ali Ali is you know has a horrible take here. She she's not intelligent clearly, and therefore sure. don't trust her. Does that yeah. fit into? Any of this, maybe accountability or advocacy, but again, it's. I think I feel like in that context, it's kind of a stretch, right? But sure. at, the, at the same time, and this is where things get like, and I'm just bringing the audience into how how we think about this, yeah. you know, like behind the scenes. There's so many. There's one side where it's like people who engage in our community have been really hurt by Christian nationalism by church abuse, by the evangelical machine. We owe it to our audience and to our, our friends now, right, in our community, to, right. to, to, to bring attention to when, when really big harm is happening and it's not being recognized, yeah, right? absolutely. Like, for example, right now, this is when, I haven't done the video on this yet, but I'm going to. Brian Houston, we all know Brian Houston, the former pastor of Hillsong Church, recently spoke at Awaken Church. Now, if you follow the podcast, Awaken Church, one of their pastors is Samuel Duth, which yeah. we just did a response to a couple of weeks ago. Okay. When you have um, when you have Brian Houston speaking at Awaken Church, which advocates for clear Christian nationalist steeped in supremacy culture and homophobic language, that needs to be brought to the attention of, of the masses, right? right. But I, I still think that's different than saying Brian Houston's a total idiot. He's so dumb, 
and like, you know, yada, 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 right? So right. I think it's not about not being willing to critique Ali ever again, yeah. but does it fit into the framework of Christianity? Is it blatantly a Christian issue, right? Is it blatantly right. a Christian nationalist issue? Has it affected people before? I don't think talking about, about if the moon landing happened or not <laughs> is part of that, even though Ali has engaged sure. in, in harmful rhetoric before. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And I think that there's a, I think I, there's a facet of that where you could say that this is just an example of how conspiracy theories are sort of common within this cultural movement, the space is being created for them and kind of critique that without necessarily right. making it all about a single individual, you know? Yes. Right, right. And I'm sorry to cut you off, but no, no, that's good. okay. So, so, so we have that kind of established. And then, so here's the other side, right? So we have this advocacy side, but also we talk a lot as a community that we don't want to become part of the cycle of chaos all over again. Right. right? We, we don't want to other the other. Yeah. But we also have to have boundaries for our community, right? So right. there's a lot of, there, there can be tension there. But my question is, and what I'm thinking through in my head is how do we do these videos? while still having a posture of, but Ali, we are inviting you into repentance and to turning away from your harmful ideology that harms so many sure. and to thinking about things in a more beautiful, liberative, and, and human flourishing kind of way, right? So do I think Ali would ever take me up on that? Probably not. But how do we as new evangelicals not become the, the, uh, you know, the antithesis now to Ali or to that right. world, but also critique and call out, but also invite, right, to repent and to become part of a better way of being human as we engage each other more critically. I don't have maybe the best answer for that yet, sure. but those are things that we have to be thinking through going forward because it's a very fine line between being in that world and watching it and critiquing it and then becoming like the Charlie Kirk of the left, so to speak, right? Right. Where now we're the new propagandists for everything that is quote-unquote left-wing. Does that right. make sense? Shopping these days can be underwhelming, but at QVC, we believe those who love to shop deserve a living, breathing way to shop, where product descriptions are alive with demos by creators, chats with inventors, and hosts who know the most. From self-care and kitchenware to fashion trends and forever faves, at QVC, we bring life to products and products to life. Shop qvc.com podcast and use code QVC15podcast for $15 off $30 for new customers. This is shopping brought to life. That's the sound of me prepping the grill with Reynolds Wrap. And the sound of me not doing dishes. And the sound of me spending more time outside with my family. Easy prep, cook, and clean. Make time with Reynolds Wrap. I like the sound of that. You're so coy, alluring. Angel with a wicked smile. Sleeping 20 hours a day. Never lay apart on dusty clay. I'll keep your litter natural No chemicals in your nostrils Just corn below So every time you go You'll know your sh don't stink don't World's stink. best cat litter for the world's best cat well, We don't want to spend all of our time Just, you know, shouting at each other Making reels all the time You know, it's, right, like it's exhausting kind of Inviting into this Inviting people into this, you know, larger, more inclusive community that we're trying to build. And even those reels yes. critiquing an idea or even, you know, a, a, something that a per certain person is espousing uh, are meant to invite people into something more holistic and healthy at the same time.
Right, but there's also a layer now, right? So here's here's like the next layer down we have to consider, right? right? So yeah. it, it just keeps going. Yeah. But as two white guys, right, right. who have yeah. immense inherited privilege, right? How easy is it for us to say this, right? And, and to and to say, well, guys, we just have to all get along, right? Yeah. Because let's yeah. face it, the rhetoric of Ali Stuckey, and we're using her as the example, friends, but you get you know of right wing media propaganda. Sure. The the the, the rhetoric of Trump really does not affect me. Roe v. Wade being overturned yeah. has no effect on my life, right? right. Um, yeah. when, when, when Allie brings on atheist James Lindsay to talk about how groomers in school are ruining kids, that doesn't affect me being a straight cisgendered male, not an education system, sure. right? So there is a other layer as well that we always have to be considering of, of, of how we advocate for this does have to be really led by the voices who are experiencing or, or who I should say, who are on the other end of of what that rhetoric is aimed at, right? And yeah. so, like, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that we have to be considering and that we have to be thinking about. And we always one thing I am convinced about, especially based on our mission statement, we always have to prioritize the marginalized people of evangelical culture, right? We always Absolutely. do. So, like, for example, let's say I, I did a reel on Ali, and it was it was it was more like. Allie, I think you're a good person. Like we should talk more, yada yada. And someone's like, "Hey, ma'am, uh, I appreciate the heart, but like, just so you know, I'm I'm making this person up. But you know, as a as a um a queer person in this space, Allie's rhetoric has actually really impacted my life, and the policies she's advocated for have actually harmed me. And I don't know, I don't maybe I don't feel as safe now because of the posture you have towards Allie, right? When right. that happens, and by the way, it has happened at some point. It's going to happen again. That's when we have a decision to make. Right? Who do we prioritize? Do I prioritize trying to be buddy buddy with Ali Sucky, or do we prioritize creating a space where that person who's been affected by Ali's rhetoric can actually find some kind of healing and ways forward? If yeah. push comes to shove, we have to prioritize that person who's been affected right. by Ali's rhetoric. We just have to. Yeah, like, absolutely. I, I think that is, as best as I can tell at this stage of my journey, that is advocating for liberation of the oppressed, that is siding with the marginalized. And frankly, I think it's clear in scripture that God does take sides. I mean, just look at, at, at the yeah. Exodus story. So, right. so I'm saying to all this to you, friends, and to Noah, these are very complicated for me, maybe some new thoughts, right? That 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 we as an organization and with our volunteers and with our content have to kind of be thinking through, but also finding the right way to kind of prioritize the marginalized, but also at least engaging good faith with folks who actually marginalize people and, yeah. and 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 hold up a mirror to them, saying, "Hey, your your rhetoric is harming people. Please repent and turn." And we want to give you an opportunity to do that by walking down this aisle and signing this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Does that make? I know I threw a lot at you, Noah, and I'm sorry yeah. to be so long-winded. But does that make sense? No, that makes that makes perfect sense. And I think that the other facet of that, and this is something that I'm I'm actually really proud about about how we as a community are you know approaching this, is that yeah, it, it, it's difficult sometimes to speak up for the voices of the of these marginalized people coming out of evangelical spaces um, as you know privileged white men, right? Like we can we can stand up for them but at the same time we also need to create the space for them to speak for themselves and i think that's one thing that i really love that we do in in bringing on the guests that we do and even some of the reels we've been doing lately where we've been featuring other voices and kind of creating space for their voices to be heard as well as just ours 
talking with our own opinions and our own ideas about these things. Yeah, you know, even that language, these, like, okay, when, when we were designing our website, mm-hmm. we went through a lot of revisions. And and one thing we we really tried to be cognitive of was we didn't want to make it seem like like we owned the table to Christ. Right. Because I think that unintentionally, I'm, I've been so guilty of this, I'm still working on it, but we can just think that as a white dude, like, oh, we'll create the space for you to inhabit person who's marginalized, you know? Yeah. And the reality is like, and again, friends, these, these are just new thoughts that I'm still working through. So if I miscommunicate, just maybe have some grace for me here. But, but we also have to think about our own liberation from, from being steeped in oppressive environments where we were on mm. the side of the ones doing the oppression. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, that being said, I, I can't think of a time in my life where I intentionally tried to oppress someone, but right. I benefited from systems that did, right? Yeah. And so I have to be able to self-reflect enough to be aware of the own supremacy culture that I've inherited subconsciously that that even in 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 our attempt to be helpful can still maybe create some harm, right? Yeah. So, oh, hey, we created this new space that now we run that's healing for the black community. Is that the approach we should be having, right? As opposed to right. like, hey, listen, I totally get that I, that I started New Evangelicals. Like we can't, I'm not, that's not, that's just what it is. Like I started the yeah. Instagram account, right? And I also get that that at this point, I, Tim, am the one kind of like directing a lot of this, okay? I get that. Yeah, sure. we have accountability. I'm not a voting member of the board. The board has a fail safe in place. You know, there's definitely things there's definitely things that are, I'm accountable to, but I but they give me a lot of leeway, right, to kind of shape where we're going. Right. So, yeah. that being said, I get in that sense like this is a space that I created, right? But as we as we start building some of this, I think what I'm asking is, A, how does the space become transformed from the voices of other folks to kind of make it what they need it to be? Right, that right. I'm more hands off with long term in certain areas, and also how do we learn to sit at the feet of other spaces and to learn from them and to let them lead, right? Yeah. So, like that was a major, and I can't believe we're talking about this, but let's just I mean, while we're here, let's just go with it. But that was a major wake up call when I first even started New Evangelicals. Right? I want to be a. I used to use the language of we want to speak up for the voiceless, and I think right. it was yeah. Joe Lumen, someone I consider a great friend, who was like, well. Um, appreciate the thought, Tim, but right. really, I think the idea would be you want to amplify, yeah, right. You want to you want to maybe hush down your voice a little bit and let these let, let these other voices speak up, and maybe you might want to learn from these voices and not center yourself as being the person who has to give the help right. all the time, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. anyway, it's just like it's just things that I'm always thinking about because. I am being shaped by like engaging with folks like Joe or Adam Clark, right? Or yeah. Trip Fuller. Like those people are shaping my own views about now theology and how God, maybe how, how we view God in, in 2022. And I'm realizing that like, while certainly I don't, I've never met anyone who's like, you shouldn't have a voice, Tim. What I am hearing from people as I engage with them and people that I really have come to admire and respect is that, hey, like, we we love what you have to say, but also like there are other people who have brilliant things to say, and we should make we we should they should be amplified as well. And it's like yeah yeah like I really love that you know, and that Absolutely. that honestly comes back to the podcast. Like I, it's hard to get people to volunteer 
to uh, to make content on Instagram for a lot of reasons. It can be exploitative. It can look inappropriate having a, a a black voice on the on the Instagram when you're not compensating for their time, right? But but having someone who teaches come onto the podcast for an interview, that's like it's a more like normal framework to operate in. Sure. And so that's why we try and really do our best to explore and give wide variety of types of people on the podcast to share like what they what they teach on or, or what they talk about to kind of give us other ways of sitting at their feet and becoming yeah. students again, not just quote unquote leaders, which again, I think that even evangelical culture is such a leadership dominated idea mm-hmm. where they can't become students anymore. And I yeah. think I think we, we have to get away from that. Again, I know it's long, but does that make sense? <laughs> no, that makes perfect sense. And I was actually thinking that exact same thing that you just said there at the end, the whole way through that dialogue was this idea that we sort of, we were kind of raised up where the ideal was to become the guy on the front of the stage, giving the sermon all the time that that yes. was like the most righteous you could be was that guy. That's and right. so we That's kind right. of conceive that as the, the end goal of our spiritual journey, I think can be really easy to sink into that. And I have that tendency too, where like, I want to be the one with the the hot takes or the, you know, the hit book or whatever, you know? And lately oh. I'm, I'm learning to be learning slowly painstakingly (laughs) to be a little more content to sit back and to just learn because i've got so much to learn you know same same and listen it's tough man like we have to be we have to also talk about the layer of that of social media right and how how we we are just kind of reprogrammed to to live for clicks and likes and views and listen there's been times where we've had someone do a reel and the reel does really well and i'm like ooh, like maybe my voice you know like you kind of feel like a little like a certain way right right? like oh this this reel is doing really well my past one did really crappy and it's like it's like a gut to your own ego right right but that's when like that's what i've had to be like um that's a problem. That's something that you have to work through. <laughs> like yeah. that yeah. is not healthy because I, I do think that I think that evangelical metrics and capitalist metrics are based on more, 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 more. Right. So the more clicks you get, the more likes you get, the more shares you get, the more comments you get. That's success. Yeah. But I don't think we ask a lot about like, well, why? Like, mm-hmm. do we get the likes and clicks because people are angry? And now right. and they've othered the person on the screen. Yeah. That's not maybe a, despite the amount of clicks, maybe not a right. good reason for the clicks. Is it, is it producing well-being, you know, for people or not? Right. Right. And that's kind of where I'm in. I think that's where I am like in my headspace these days as I'm, I just turned 34. I'm in, I'm in my mid thirties. How old are you, Noah? I am 23. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So, okay. So I'm in my mid thirties now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, by the way, um, young as ever. Yeah. Young as ever. Um, um, and I'm just thinking about like what matters the most in life. I mean, that's what happens yeah. when you hit your mid thirties. We, I have two kids. Yeah. I'm halfway to 70 in a lot of ways. Like I'm pretty much there. And just, you just start thinking about like, what do I want to like, uh, do with, with my life that, that hopefully leaves the world better than I found it and yeah. is engaging in hot takes and just triggering myself to respond to a video and then capturing a video and posting it. Is that like the best way going forward? Now, that being said, if you look through our content, not every reel is like that. Okay. It's not like for the past sure. like six months, that's all it's been. But yeah. I, I just think I got enough of a taste with that alley video where it was like, you know, if I, if I keep going in this direction, we're going to descend very quickly into outrage culture. And that's not helpful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's the thing that, you know, when I first started experiencing my own crisis of faith and started processing these things, and I'd see these little hot take videos, 
um, that were sort of antagonistic against all this internal tension that I was feeling. My my biggest frustration with those that content was that it was so us and them that it was it was about producing sort of a a fear of me and the things I was questioning uh, rather than a compassion you know for me. And so I think that you know that's sort of what you're saying. They're like, how is how is what I'm doing producing you know kind of a holistic well being for people? I was producing you know, greater love in me for that person that is the, you know, quote, other in this situation. How's it motivating me to love them more? And and loving them more might, you know, in every respect involve accountability and recognizing yes. the harm that that person is causing. Love doesn't mean that, you know, everything gets wiped under the table by any means. And I think Adam did a wonderful job explaining that in this last podcast. So I, I'm, I'm not suggesting nothing but, you know, butterflies and rainbows for, you know, the next Ali B. Stucky video or something, but right. But when we when we come in to approach those these you know people with these ideas that frustrate us, how do we address them in such a way that we're still um, acting upon the imago day within them, right? And, you know, acting towards the love and well being of everyone in that situation, while I, also holding them accountable for harmful ideas or actions at the same time. I just don't want to lose my humanity. Yeah, yeah. Right, like that's what it comes down to. For me, I, I do not want to become Ali Stucky, but and I, I friends, I know we said Ali Stucky a thousand times. Yeah, I don't want to become a new. A, let's pick a new name. Josh yeah. Mel. Oh yeah, I don't <laughs> want to become Charlie Kirk. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think that's maybe a better example. I'm just yeah, I'm just using what's off the top of my head. I, I don't want to become a right wing commentator. Okay. I don't want to become Alex Jones. I don't want to become a person who's contributing to the cycle of chaos in our society. I just don't. Absolutely. We have to engage it. We have to unpack it. We have to show how how harmful it can be. But there's a way to do that, like you said, with while realizing that that our most common thing that is throughout all humanity is that is that it's our humanity. Like our most common attribute is that we're all fully formed yeah. human beings. Like we are we are human. That's yeah. what me and Allie share, despite anything else. Or Charlie Kirk share. Sorry, I keep on saying Allie. Sorry, friends. You're probably <laughs> sick of me here saying Allie's name. But you know that me, Charlie Kirk, and I. We share the common uh, ground of we're both humans, right? Yeah. So we just can't, we can't lose ourselves, right? We, we can't lose the concept of better ways forward um, as, we, as I do a lot of this work and as I'm, I'm in these spaces trying to unpack really damaging stories or really harmful rhetoric that, 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 that hurt people. And so I think that that, that whole situation on Friday, yeah, was just a wake up call of like, hey Tim, you're not there yet, but you could be, you could be, and sure. that kind of scared any of me. us could be. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. It yeah. just kind of scared me a little bit. Yeah. It kind of was like a gut check of like, ugh, 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 ugh gross, <laughs> right? I I just don't want to do it. So anyway, yeah, I mean that's kind of there's a lot to, that was a lot to unpack, but I think we had to. To kind of share like where I think I'm at, and right now because TNE and kind of me are so intertwined at this moment, just due to funding and just due to where we are as an organization, I think that will shape a lot of how we handle the reels. I think it will shape a lot of how we handle um, our responses. Right? Again, it's not about not being able to critique those takes, but it's yeah. it's, it's what's the motive behind them? What's our posture? Um, what is what is the goal behind all of it, and is it in line with with the values that we claim to have as new evangelicals? I mean, again, even this one, I haven't shared this yet, really anywhere. But on our um, 
Let's see if I can find it. Do, 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 do. Is it here? Let's see. This website's still in development, but you know, so we have like core values. So here they are in a nutshell Jesus centered, inclusive and diverse, respectful, accountable, curious. Those values have to be embodied when I do reels. Yeah. Critiquing Charlie Kirk. Right. And so there's a way to be direct that, hey, this thing from Charlie is really harmful, while also still being respectful, while also not dehumanizing. So absolutely. Anyway, again, friends, these are just things that we're thinking. And it's important for me to have this conversation with all of you because I, I there's this angle of of megachurch culture of like the person who's behind everything, apparently, and you can't know any of the thought process and you and you and, and you can't you can't shift. Like, this is just how we've always done it. That's just yeah. not how TNE functions. Like, we have to be in, in conversation as a community as much as possible. We have to be willing to adapt and change whenever we, we see ourselves maybe making a misstep. We can't be afraid of saying, I was wrong, right? Sure. Or that was an unwise take. Those are, the, those are some of the core values that we have to embody as an organization and as a community as we move forward. Well, and I think it's just a beautiful thing about creating and holding space for a healthier community too, that we're listening to those voices and we're willing to accept that kind of critique and pivot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I know we had some other stuff to talk about, but I think we're just kind of out of time. I mean, we went almost 40 minutes on this. I feel like we should just leave this here. What do you think? Honestly, I think it was, I think it was great. Yeah. I love that conversation. I I, Um, I think we keep it here. We were going to chat about it. We're kind of running out of time, but if anybody is not a part of our new evangelicals, Facebook group, um, I'll just make it real quick. But sure. one of our community members made this hilarious um, evangelical deconstruction bingo chart. Uh, it was Paul <laughs> Carter, if you look for his post. And I've just been looking at this and laughing all afternoon. So if you get a chance, go check that out. I think I'm like checked off every box on that list. So I, I got a good kick out of it. Hope you do too. <laughs> Honestly, it's pretty good. Yeah, there's some good yeah. ones. Uh, so check that out. All right, friends. Well, listen, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. I hope that this, that, that this was helpful. If you have any feedback, you want to DM us or shoot us an email, feel free. And uh, we'll talk to you all next time. Yeah. Have a great week. <laughs>